From Southern California, this is Outlook in Review, a summary of world headlines, technology and business news, arts and entertainment features, and instructive encouragement from the Praiselite Media Studios, Thousand Oaks, California. Today it's Wednesday, the 9th of January, 2019. At least seven people have died in the Alps during a weekend of heavy snow, with skiers facing high avalanche risk in Austria, Germany, and Italy. This according to the BBC, which reported that several were skiers or climbers in the mountains, and rescuers are also searching for several missing people elsewhere in the Alps. The second highest avalanche warning level is now in force across the Austrian Tyrol and much of the Bavarian Alps. The heavy snow has forced many schools to also close temporarily across Bavaria and has disrupted some train services there as well. More heavy snow is expected in the coming days as much as 4 feet of fresh snow in Austria by Thursday. T-Mobile, Verizon, and Sprint are all crying foul after AT&T issued an update to many of their own phones on the network, now insinuating that users are connecting to a 5G network. AT&T's update changed the LTE icon on the devices to read 5GE for 5G evolution, but the phones are still using 4G connections and are connected to 4G towers. According to a report by The Verge, AT&T's 5G Evolution Network is really just referring to LTE Advanced and Advanced Pro, a series of tech upgrades that other carriers have been rolling out for years. In fact, over a year ago, T-Mobile said that it was live in 920 markets with the same technology, and Verizon said a few months ago that their edition of the technology had gone live in 1100 markets. AT&T, by contrast, has 5G Evolution in just under 400 markets. It remains to be seen whether AT&T will face more serious repercussions for this stunt as the FCC is not currently reviewing any new cases during the US government's ongoing partial shutdown. It is well. The song's words were penned by Horatio Spafford, whose story we have recounted before on the broadcast. But the melody that the song is sung to was composed by conductor and hymn writer Philip Bliss. Born in 1838 in a Pennsylvania log cabin, he inherited his father's love for music and took formal music lessons at just age 19. In 1859, Philip Bliss married Lucy Young, and five years later, they moved to Chicago, where Philip continued to write hymns and gospel songs, even going on tour with the hymns and the songs that he wrote. Shortly before the end of the American Civil War, Philip was drafted into the army, but before he went into battle, the draft was canceled as the war drew to a close, and he returned home. For the next several years, often with his wife by his side, he held musical conventions, singing schools, and sacred concerts under the sponsorship of his employers. 
Philip began to become more popular in concert work, but one night in 1869, while passing a church where Dwight Moody was preaching, he decided to go inside and listen. Attracting the attention of Dr. Moody, Philip was asked to come to his Sunday evening meetings anytime he was able to help in the singing. Over the years, Philip wrote several more hymns and songs and grew even more in his relationship with Christ as he partnered with Dr. Moody and others, including Horatio Spafford, whom Philip set the words to the hymn that Horatio had written, It Is Well With My Soul, after the Spafford daughters perished in a tragic collision at sea which sank their ship. In 1876, Philip conducted a service for the 800 inmates, the Michigan State Prison, and spending time late that year in Pennsylvania with family for the holidays, his return journey to Chicago took him and his wife by train through a heavy snowstorm. As their train crossed a trestle bridge in Ohio, the entire bridge suddenly collapsed, sending the train tumbling into the ravine below. Although Philip escaped the wreck, he returned to the train to save his wife as a fire broke out. 92 of the 159 passengers of the train perished in the tragedy, including both Philip and his wife Lucy. They were survived by their two young sons, then aged four and one. Found in his trunk, which somehow survived the crash and the fire, was a manuscript bearing the lyrics of the only well-known Bliss gospel song for which he did not write a tune, I Will Sing of My Redeemer. I will sing of my Redeemer and his wondrous love to me. Soon afterwards, set to a tune specially written for it by James McGranahan, it became one of the first songs ever recorded by the inventor Thomas Edison, who invented the phonograph, or the record player. Over the course of his life, Philip Bliss wrote numerous hymns and songs, including Hallelujah, What a Savior, Once for All, and Wonderful Words of Life. His short life was filled with making music to God and spreading the good news of the gospel to others with biblical truths and melodies that continue to be heard even to this day and encourage and minister to thousands. I will tell the wondrous story How my lost estate to save In his boundless love and do we talk about? Matthew 12 reminds us that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So whatever is consuming our thoughts and our minds, that is what we talk about. Perhaps it's cars, health, our jobs, or lack of one. Maybe it's gossip, money, or the knowledge of technology, politics, or just knowledge itself. Whatever our obsessions are, whatever we think about more than any one thing, that is what the majority of our speech will revolve around. But as Christians, we must remember that Christ is our master and we can only have one master. 
As Matthew 6 reminds us, no one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. And 1 John 2 tells us in no uncertain terms, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and pride in possessions is not from the Father, but is from the world. And the world is passing away along with its desires, but whoever does the will of God abides forever. Christ ought to be consuming our thoughts as Christian believers, as the song so aptly reminds us, may Christ be in our waking, our resting, thinking, speaking, gladness, and sorrow. Don't allow anything but the knowledge of and the love for Christ take priority in our thoughts or speech. Anything else that takes precedence in our thoughts and speech has become an idol in the place of Christ. In fighting this idolatry creeping into our lives, may we dwell on and speak of, as Philippians 4 says, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Now there's another aspect of the truth found in Matthew 12 as well, and this is on how our speech is seasoned. Ephesians 4 tells us, as we'll talk about next time, that there must be no filthiness and silly talk or coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. That's next time on Outlook in Review. Christ be in my gladness for the joy of living, thankful for the goodness of the Father's hand. Christ be in my soul. Thanks for listening to Outlook in Review. Contact us anytime with questions or comments. We'd always love to hear from you. We're on Twitter at Outlook in Review and Facebook.com forward slash Outlook in Review, where you can find information to various topics we cover on the show. Until next time from Thousand Oaks, California, I'm Ben Ditzel. This is Outlook in Review. Outlook in Review.